0: It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Turn around, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weider. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome in to the Take the North podcast presented by Odyssey. This is a bonus episode of Take the North. We have reached September, which means we have reached week one. Chicago Bears, that means that the Green Bay Packers are coming to town soon, Sunday, September 10th, on the lakefront at Soldier Field, Bears-Packers, to open the 104th season of the NFL. I don't know about you, but I know I am thrilled that we have finally reached the regular season, can cross this bridge, and now get to talk about meaningful game action in the regular season. With that in mind, I thought now was as good a time as any. Uh, to take a deeper dive into what the Packers are up to. We all know that Aaron Rodgers is off in New York doing his thing on Hard Knocks, trying to revive the New York Jets to levels that they haven't gone to in many years. And he leaves behind the Packers organization to figure out what the rest of the world has always felt. That identifying true stars at the quarterback position is not as easy as the Packers have made it look like for the last 30 years, they flip the page now and turn the show over to Jordan Love, who is a mystery, a total mystery. No one can say otherwise. There can be optimism from Green Bay about the way he's looked, the way he's developed behind Rodgers for the last few years, but no one knows until he starts playing games and having success and experiencing failure and then figuring out how to react to that success and failure, whether he's actually any good. What we do know is that Jordan Love will be coming to town this weekend to play Uh, The Bears at Soldier Field, what we do know is I will be there to cover it. What we do know is we will have a very special guest on this podcast, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who's covered the team for a very long time and can give us the latest on Jordan Love, on his supporting cast, on a defense that is looking to be upgraded over what it has produced the last couple seasons. And so without further ado, uh, here is my lengthy chat with Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, with more on the Green Bay Packers. I am pleased now to be joined by Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Tom covers the Green Bay Packers, the Bears' week one opponent, the Bears' longtime nemesis, the Bears' thorn in their side. Tom, how are you doing as uh, as we cross this bridge from the preseason into meaningful football?
1: Well, I got through cutdown day. That was a marathon, as it always is. And um, so it's always like, Once that's over, you know, you get a a short breath and it's on to the real stuff. So I'm always uh, excited about real stuff.
0: Interesting time up in your neck of the woods, a a more interesting time than we south of that border uh, are used to seeing up there with the transition, uh, with a new quarterback, with a a really kind of a, a, I don't know if you'd call it a transition season season. For the Packers but on the whole how, how do you kind of define what the Packers are walking into with with mystery that is not usually there uh for for the rest of us
1: yeah that that's the whole thing is it's not defined it, it's for the first time it's it, it's really um everything is a question mark I mean it, it, there's always some question to the season but you're always you going into every season most people are predicting the Packers to go to the playoffs because they have Aaron Rodgers And um, this year, you just have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you get a little bit of an idea from training camp and preseason, but that doesn't really give you an idea of what the regular season is going to be. And so, you know, they have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of young players. You know, in in theory, they should be a team that's building for next year. For not this year, but next year. But then you don't know what the quarterback's going to do. Maybe he has a really good year and they they kind of blossom early. Or maybe he's just not very good at all. And then they're starting over next year. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's quite a mystery going in.
0: Not very good at all. And starting over are two things that the Bears have made a living in over my time on the beat and much longer than that. And so I'm curious to 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 figure out how. Packers fans are going to adapt to this new life of uncertainty? I guess we'll start with the Jordan Love question, because uh, for me, it's the law of averages. You know, you've spent 30 years with Hall of Famers going out to, to start the regular season for you, to, going out and playing almost every single game for 30 years. And now you enter uh, the world that most of the NFL knows, which is, oh, my God, is our quarterback any good or does he stink? And, and I'm curious, how do you sense that? your audience and that fan base uh, of the green bay packers is going to handle what is going to be a, a a very awkward time for them not knowing what to expect
1: well it's it's a very different transition than it was from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and then Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love because <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers had worn out his welcome with half half the base at least uh, they're just kind of tired of his act and and um not being able to really follow up on, you know, his greatness. They weren't able to go, you know, as far as they they wanted to. And fans were kind of, he had that with, you know, his act being so tiresome that I think Jordan Love is getting way more support than Aaron Rodgers did when he followed Brett Favre. Favre was coming off in 2007, an NFC championship game game appearance and even though he had blown it with an interception in overtime it was still he had that huge following yeah. and, and support and Rodgers didn't so it, it's weird you know jordan love is is coming out of the gate with lots of good feeling from the fans now that's can go straight downhill in a hurry you know <laughs> With a three interception game against the bears and next thing you know they're going to want the backup Sean Clifford in the game you're already (laughs) hearing people talk about that but he he does have pretty much uh, a good start from the fan base so he just can't blow it you know going out of the gate.
0: So this is a two-parter. What are the most unrealistic expectations that you've heard people attach to Jordan Love and what is uh, a, a very pivotal season for him and the Packers? And 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 then as an extension of that, where do you set kind of a reasonable bar for what you want to see out of him in 2023?
1: You know, I I haven't really heard much expectation. You know, there's some talking heads out there, or oh, he's gonna be great, or he's a failure. And I I mean, I really don't pay. I hear it peripherally, peripherally, but um, in general, I don't know. It's it's really a a coin toss. My prediction or my gut feeling on how this is going to go is that he's going to be wildly up and down. So he's going to have a game, three touchdowns, 275 yards, and the next week it's going to be no touchdowns and two interceptions. And – really the whole key is going to be, can their defense and special teams pick up for that, for him on the days or their running game on the days that he's not that good. He's a new starter. He's not going to go in there and throw three touchdowns and no interceptions and throw for, you know, 70% of his passes and 200 something. He's just not going to do that every week. Right. It's just not really possible with the group that he's got, but Can he do enough that, you know, they can rely on their run game, which is strong with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Their defense should be good. Uh, We've thought that was the case the last two years, but they haven't been very good, so I don't know. They're special teams. um, The coverage and blocking units should be pretty good. The return unit's good, but they're going with a rookie kicker and a first-year punter. Okay. So there's all kinds of question marks, but I I, I really do think, and at least for the first half of the season, he'll be up and down.
0: What are what are his strengths that you've seen with your own eyes, and and then with that, how do you think Matt Lafleur will be challenged in, in kind of trying to uh, bring those out on a more regular basis? Obviously, not working with a, a four time MVP and having to to, to try to to, to manage a, a developmental quarterback to
1: some extent. Um. The best qualities he has, um, he's got a, a very strong arm, especially on intermediate, an intermediate and accurate arm on intermediate routes, uh, slants um, over the middle. He's very good over the middle. Uh, he, he's got a strong arm. He's a tall guy. He can, he can move around a little pocket, but he's not a runner. He's not what you would consider a runner. Um, he is extremely even keeled so nothing seems to rattle him which they like a lot I, he's now he's not thrown you know got picked off for a touchdown or anything like that in a regular season game but even two years ago Kansas City he he started when Rodgers had COVID and, and Kansas City threw every blitz at him in the world and and he hung in there you know he didn't play great but he hung in there so that part they like about him part that they keep working on and can't haven't nailed down is his deep ball. You know, okay. he's got Christian Watson who can run by anybody uh, on the field and he can't seem to put the ball out in front of him okay. or put it in the spot that he needs to. And that's a huge key to this year because Watson, Watson changes everything on the field. If you can get the ball to him a couple times a game so he's got to improve on that his accuracy is is up and down um that that's a part that's going to be challenging also uh just changing plays at the line he's not going to be as complex as Rodgers it's just impossible to replace a guy who's you know 15 years in and and knows every defense he's ever seen he loves a smart guy but he he doesn't carry that level of experience so there's going to be things I'm sure Chicago's coming up with that he's never seen before or or won't be able to react as quickly to. And so that's that's going to be the big challenge for him.
0: Vice versa, you know, here in Chicago, the expectations for Justin Fields in some pockets are, are sky high. And we've spent months on our podcast talking about how unrealistic some of the MVP talk is. And then there's other pockets where they say, what happens if he's not our starter by Christmas? You know, in what direction are we going if, if the bottom falls out of this thing? I think there's a curiosity going into week one on how will the Packers challenge him? You mentioned their defense, a defense that, that underperformed a little bit the last two seasons. What is your sense for for one, what that defense has to offer in terms of what it can do to attack uh, an opposing quarterback like Fields, and 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 two, what are, what are your sense for for what kind of unit this is going to be?
1: Um, it's they have the potential to have a really good pass rush for the f- first time in a while. They've been strong on the edges and inside, so they've got. Uh, you know, Kenny Clark's been a staple in the middle, but they've added um, uh, Devontae Wyatt, who's, um, you know, in his second year and is a first-round draft pick and accomplished pass rusher, and they're they're hoping for big things from him. And then they've got a new nose tackle, um, T.J. Slayton, who's very athletic. Um, but they've got Rashawn Gary, who's coming back from the ACL Um and he'll probably play part-time to start out. Okay, He's still coming back. He's just been back. He didn't play in any preseason games. Preston Smith, and then they've got a couple of young guys who have some pass rush ability. Kingsley and Iqbari has been a real um, bright spot for them. So I think pass rush is big. They have um, very little depth in the back end, so their safety's – Darnell Savage has been up and down his entire career. And so that's – he's their top guy at safety, and then they don't really have anybody else. They got Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas, two good corners. Eric Stokes is starting on PUP. Um, They should be okay as long as they don't have injuries there, but they have no depth in the secondary. And so I I think, you know, that first game they've they've always – you know, been really leery about Justin Fields and they're not going to go after him. I don't think they're going to rush him. They're not going to blitz him. They're going to play a lot of zone, I would guess. And they're a team that, the more aggressive they play, the better they are, the more they sit back, the worse they are. Okay. And they're going to sit back in this game. I, I, I can't imagine them trying to blitz him a lot and risk him running all over the place.
0: Right. in that zone, you, you know, you keep eyes on him, you know, as opposed to turning your back and then letting him get out of the gates the way he did so many times a year ago, which created the the momentum for some of this conversation we're having. We obviously talked about love and, and you mentioned Christian Watson and, and Dylan and Jones, how, critical is it that those guys carry a, a big bulk of the load just to take some of the burden off of, of, of Jordan Love?
1: Yeah. I, a columnist, our columnist and I, uh, Pete already were talking the other day and we were like, you know, I think this is going to be the most a Packer team has run the ball in probably since Mike Sherman was here with them on green. Okay. Now, I think they—that's going to be the basis of their offense. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. I think they're going to run a lot of jet sweep action stuff. Uh, they're going to try to take as much pressure off him, and then they're going to run a lot of bootleg uh, play action with him to just to just to keep the pressure off him and give him a chance and make teams come up. And play the run. And then, you know, with the play action, then they'll try to go to Watson deep. Um, They've got a new tight end, Luke Musgrave, um, who's been really good. And so far, you know, a a good receiver. I think they're going to try to work him down the field. But I think everything's going to go through Jones and Dillon to start.
0: That's interesting to know as a guy who has a fantasy draft coming up, I can put some notes in the back of my head that uh, the Green Bay rushing attack should be uh, should, should be formidable this year. Uh, you yeah. mentioned uh, some of the rookies and and 13-man class, if I'm not mistaken. It was a big class that they put together up there, and the Bears obviously were picking in the top 10 and, and had eyes on some of these guys in the first couple of days. Lucas Van Ness, he's a, a, a local Chicago kid who was in the conversation as somebody they might pick in the top 10. What does he look like uh, through the preseason? And what are your rookie year expectations for him?
1: Um, he's been slow to really come around. And I don't think he's going to play a whole lot. Uh, he's, he's a guy they'll keep developing, um, but he doesn't have a whole lot of pass rush moves. And frankly, I think Kingsley Enikbari is a way better pass rusher than him right now. And then they got a veteran, Justin Hollins, who's been around. He's a better pass rusher. I don't know how much Van Ness is going to play, especially with, you know, they've got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are going to be on the field a lot and those other two guys. So I don't think Van Ness is going to be much of a contributor this year. Musgrave and Tucker Craft, the two tight ends that they drafted early, are going to be on the field a lot. Musgrave is probably going to be the most important addition they have on the entire out of the entire draft class because now they got a guy who can run down the field and they only, they're only carrying three tight ends. I think they'll probably add somebody before the season starts, but three tight ends, two of them are rookies. So that's a huge position for them. They've gotten rid of all iron Rodgers guys, you know, Mercedes Lewis <laughs> is obviously in, in Chicago now. And so he's gone, you know, they keep pushing those guys to the bears. Jimmy Graham, then Mercedes. Tanyan. Next year, you'll get uh, – they'll get uh, Josiah DeGuara or something.
0: <laughs> we got Bobby Tunyon, too, here. So Yeah, yeah.
1: that's great. Right. right. <laughs> I forgot. Robert Tanya. I like Robert Tanya. He was, he was a good player before he hurt his knee. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, he, they've gotten rid of all Aaron Rodgers guys, and they're going young at that position.
0: It's like you can read my mind because I did want to ask you about Mercedes Lewis, who was a guy that, that – uh, Luke Getze was very high on and, and getting him in the building to be one of these guys who can be a, a leader, a, a pro, a guy who can show a young roster how to do it. I know that Mercedes Lewis, the big dog, as Aaron Rodgers always called him, was a, a favorite of, of the four time MVP. What was it about Mercedes Lewis that resonated so much uh, during his time in Green Bay and, and made him so well respected?
1: He, well, he's a great locker room guy. He's he's seen it all. You know, this is a guy who started coming out of Jacksonville when he was drafted. He was a a pass-catching tight end. He was drafted out of UCLA as a guy who could get down the middle of the field. And for his first, I don't know, five or seven years or what, he was a a great receiving guy. And then he just developed into this outstanding blocker. And, I mean, he was probably – you know in the top five blocking tight ends in the league for quite a while. Um, you know, his his age is showing either <clears throat> he's he's not gonna help you much in the past game. <clears throat> the only way he the way he helps you in the past game is that nobody expects them to throw to him. You know, so <clears throat> all of a sudden he's gonna leak out and you know Nobody will be around him because yeah. they don't care about him <laughs> as a receiver. But mostly, he's he's like an extra offensive lineman, um, like an extra tackle, and he will he can take on anybody. He's he's slipped a little bit, um, which is natural given his he's age. Thirty-eight,
0: right? Uh, I think now, yeah.
1: But compared to the average tight end, he's still a better blocker than most of the guys you can put out there.
0: Sounds like leadership has been a, a plus for him for a long time too. Oh that? yeah. Huge.
1: I mean, they, they loved him. Um, players looked up to him. He, you know, he groomed Robert Tanya, you know, Robert Tanya didn't know how to block a fly until <laughs> Lewis came around and Tanya turned into an okay blocker, you know, where you could use him. He was a wide receiver when he came to the Packers and then they, you know, made him a tight end, and he's got a lot better as a blocker. So he'll he'll help them from that regard a lot. Another
0: another guy that was on my radar back in April when the draft was coming up was Jaden Reed, uh, who was a a receiver that was highly touted in a lot of different circles. Uh, obviously, wound up in Green Bay and not Chicago. What has he shown in the early going?
1: Yeah, another Chicago guy. Um, he's he's been um, a marvel. He's been he he's going to be their starting slot. Okay. So he's their number 3 receiver. He's been pretty unflappable. Uh, he he gets open, he doesn't he hasn't dropped many balls that I can recall. I'm trying to think if I can recall one drop. Um very good um very smart, very good route runner. Um he'll probably the thing the challenge to him is going to be reading coverages that he hasn't you know, everything's been pretty vanilla and in, in preseason games. Also, he's going to have to show he can get off press coverage in the slot. Also, he's got to block, you know, Packers require their wide receivers to block a lot. and He's not a really big guy, um, but I, you know, rookie wide receivers don't typically do all that great. Um, but in this case, he's got to, I mean, they have no choice. It's, you know, Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and, and Reed. And those are their top three right there. So um, they're going to count on him a lot, but he's been impressive.
0: A couple last things for you before I cut you loose. If you were to pinpoint one concern that you have above all else with this team that would prevent them from kind of uh, hitting the stride that they want to hit, what what is the one thing that, that troubles you most about where the Packers are at right now?
1: Um. Well, aside from their defensive coordinator who doesn't elicit a lot of confidence from anybody, um, I would say uh, David Bakhtiari, that his knee at the left tackle is not – you have no idea whether that thing's going to hold up. Um, They they barely practiced him during training camp. He did not play in any of the preseason games. Um, You know, when he did practice, he was okay, but – it's like a big mystery as to how much he'll be able to play this year. And, you know, he's, he, he's a fixture on the left side. He's yeah. when he's healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. If he can't play, they're going to go with probably Rasheed Walker who was a seventh round pick last year and he's played pretty well, but I mean, let's face it. You know, he hasn't faced, you know, Nick Bosa on a, you know, week to week basis, you know, every single week he's got some kind of elite pass rushers. So, yeah, that, that's a big weakness. If they can't solidify that left tackle spot, then they'll be very, very vulnerable.
0: And the last thing I have for you is kickoff is closing in and, and we are – In Chicago, kind of viewing this through the lens of this is a bright lights, big stage game for the Bears. You know, and I've said it has the potential to be a a ding dong, the witch is dead kind of moment for the Bears. If they're able to beat the Packers and sort of get that idea that, oh, man, Aaron's not here anymore to to, to keep us in this submission hold. And now all of a sudden our door is actually open. We've dreamed about it being open for, for 25, 30 years, and it never has been. How are they viewing it up in Green Bay? Is, is, is the, the rivalry aspect of this a big deal for the season opener? This is different here than a, a noon game against the Commanders. It's a 325, Packers coming to town, let's see what this whole thing is about. Game. Yeah,
1: I, I haven't sensed a lot of um, buildup over it, um, like, in that sense. In that sense, like, okay, Jordan Love, you've got to carry this on. You know, you're getting the torch from Aaron Rodgers who got it from Brett Favre Yes. I mean, the
0: ownership of the Bears is on the line, right? It's on the line. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. You know, uh, so, you know, can you assume that I haven't gotten that since then? I don't think they want to put that pressure on him. I think they're probably avoiding trying to avoid that kind of pressure, but my guess is inside their locker room that, you know, they feel that they've had the Bears number. And so why can't they do it regardless if Jordan love is the quarterback. I, I think, I think this is a big game for both of them. And I yeah. don't think, I, I think the scales are really even going into it because you, nobody knows what you're going to get from Jordan love. You don't know exactly what you're going to get from Justin Fields. And those are the two protagonists in this game. You know, I mean, everything else might be pretty equal and which is, which of the quarterbacks is going to be the one to, um, you know, I'll play the other. So I think that's what we'll kind of see.
0: The last last time the uh, (laughs) Packers opened the season at at Soldier Field was in 2019. And we all know how that turned out. There had never been a buzz uh, like that there was for that opening of the 100th season. And then the Bears laid a third and never really recovered, even though they did get out to three and one after losing that game. That season was kind of uh, swirling in a lot of different directions after that. and So I think there's a lot of significance. We always overreact to week one, no matter who, they play, but I think this one has the potential to be a a massive overreaction. And then uh, that overreaction can create emotions inside the building. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I
1: I agree. It's like, you know, the team that loses the season's over and the team that wins. Oh, well, you know, they're going to the Super Bowl. you know, and it's, it's not going to be true either way. It's, you know, whoever wins it, we'll see what happens when they meet again. And there's so much season you know
0: well right and, and they don't meet again until until week
1: 18 right exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. so you know they'll be completely different teams at that point and i i think the north is going to be interesting i think it's very I, much I so. anybody's ball game i really do i have no idea how it's going to go i'm kind of leaning towards detroit because yep. uh just because, you know, they've they're kind of been building and building and building and moving up and adding guys, and they were pretty good at the end of last year. So, but who knows? you know? Yeah,
0: I know. Well, thank God we finally get to find out, and we'll get to that game action here uh, as week one begins. Tom, always good talking to you. Travel safe down here for the game, and, and we'll see you in the press box on uh, September 10th.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Dan.
0: Great to talk to you. Okay, that was great. Uh, Always good talking to Tom, always good getting his insight uh, from across the division. Really, really exciting things coming up this week with the Bears and Packers uh, set to square off Sunday afternoon, 325 kickoff at Soldier Field, and it's time to dive into everything now to measure uh, both teams and where they stand in a new look NFC North. Shout out to Tom's dog, obviously a big fan of the Take the North podcast. Good to hear from him uh, at the end of that interview Uh, Really looking forward to to Sunday's game. Always remember to like and subscribe this podcast for all of our episodes. You can get Take the North wherever you get your podcasts at, and you can watch most of our shows uh, at 670 The Score YouTube page where all the Take the North uh, video shows are, are posted. We will be back with much more insight and analysis as the rest of this week unfolds as we do the March Up to kick off on Sunday. David Hall will be back with me on Tuesday and Thursday of this week as we set the table for Bears Packers season 104 in the NFL and obviously a pivotal year uh, for the occupants of Hallis Hall. I'm Dan Wiedemer for our producer Adam Stodzinski for David Haw. So long for now and we'll talk to you more as the week goes on.